Hi, I'm David Massover. Welcome to the Driving B2B Sales Revenue Podcast, where I'll be interviewing senior sales leaders, sales experts, and sales service providers about what else, what it takes to drive B2B sales revenue. So thanks for being here. Let's get started. Hey, welcome to the Driving B2B Sales Revenue Podcast. I'm your host, David Massover, and today we've got an awesome guest. We are talking to Alfred A.P. Parker IV, Director of Business Development at Dupre Logistics. Alfred, I'm sorry, A.P., welcome to the podcast. I'm glad to be here, Dave. Thanks for having me. Oh, really happy to have you. So, Alfred, you are Director of Business Development at Dupre Logistics. You're also the co-host of the Driving Force Podcast. You've got a decade and a half of experience in sales and sales operations. So with all that experience and all that stuff going on, what is the single best piece of sales advice that you ever received? I would say it would be, don't let the lack of instant results deter you from enjoying the sales process. I think coming from an operations background, we get lulled to think that results happen as we make them happen. And in sales, it's not the case. I mean, it's a, it's a long, drawn-out process. It can be a long, drawn-out process if you're doing it the right way and you're leading your buyers on, on a journey um, to help them achieve the best possible outcome for their business. So I've, I've learned to fall in love with, with, with the incremental steps it takes to get the sale done, and that's led me to have some success. That's awesome advice. It's really similar to an observation that I made uh, on my own just a couple of years into selling. You know, when I got into selling, everything was close, close, close. You got to close. Mm-hmm. Everybody close. Here's the technique. Close, close. Right. And, and I just realized that that's just not the right place to focus. I, I started, the, the first big analogy I ever made for myself about sales was that sales is like a big long garden hose. And your job is just stuff, things, stuff as much as you can into the front end, you know, mm-hmm. hopefully quality mm-hmm. stuff, and then work it through. And then some of it comes out the other end. But right, if, if, right. You know, if that's what you're focusing on, then I think you're going to be successful. If you're focusing just on what comes out of the other end, eventually things are going to dry up. No, look, and, and, and so, you know, having been in sales for a little bit now, you can get really tied to some of the results-oriented stuff, right? And that can really lull you into and, and impact your ability to see things clearer where there may be need for clarity. And so... One thing that's helped me out is, is, is finding those small wins over and over again. And then those usually lead to me having those good habits and having the openness to see things from, a, from that perspective of, I'm just focused on this step and winning this step and, win, and focusing on helping the customer get to, to step B and C and D and not rushing to Z and saying, oh, well, I missed something. Let me back up a little bit. And things are already kind of unwound from there. It's a, it's a good path to success and, and it'll probably help keep you sane along the way. Absolutely. So that's the best advice that, that you ever received. What's the worst? You talked about it. You know, the ABC always be closing. I, mm-hmm. I think it, it shows a lack of understanding about how complex and, and, and difficult decisions uh, occur, right? I mean, and it also shows a lack of empathy to the decision maker and the buyer that can turn them off. And so, you know, while there is uh, things you need to, you can always kind of gauge and see where you're at in the process. I think always having that, having to always be closing mentality can force you to skip certain steps, and overlook um, things that, that, that can hold up a deal or an opportunity on, on a back end. Nice. So AP, let, let's jump right into to what I really wanted to talk to you about today. You have had a, you know, from my perspective, a somewhat non-standard path into a direct selling role. 
in that you went from a series of, of operations roles into a complex sales role, which is something that I just don't see a lot of. And I think it's really fascinating because sales operations and operations in general is something most sales leaders are not great at, let alone you know, salespeople. So I'd like to dig into your experience and your journey around that theme with you, if that's all right. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. So let's start with the operations roles that you've had over your your 15-year career at Dupre Logistics. So to give us some background and some context, can you tell us a bit about about Dupre Logistics? Yeah, so we're a family-owned asset-based logistics company with over 40 years of experience, 40 years of experience in the transportation industry. We specialize in asset and non-asset solutions for a variety of business segments uh, from oil and gas inspectors to consumer-based products. So a little bit of everything. And we've been really successful at selling our, our culture and our value to our customers. And can you walk us through, there's been a lot of operations roles that you've had, but can you kind of give us a high level, maybe the, the Reader's Digest version of your operations journey, just so that we have some context before we start talking about how that impacted your sales role? Yeah, so I, I was the guy who who never said no really early on in my career. I, I was always willing to to take the challenge, whether it scared me to death or it was just a good opportunity. And so I became known as a fixer within our ops team. And so anytime there was a, a failing or subpar operation, um, I can step in and, and kind of turn them around by inserting Dupre culture and, and really just caring about the people that were in the business. And so that led me to you know many different operations from when I, when I first started. I, it was a small four truck operation to uh, my last operation that I was involved in or oversaw was a uh, hundred truck, you know, hundred driver, six location operation with multiple management, multiple sub managers, and and, and and things like that. So again, just 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 always willing to take on something that was complex and hard. And always saw the value in, on the end of, of being able to, to see it through to, to the end. About four years ago, you moved into a, a complex direct sales role. Can you contrast the difference for us? I mean, at a high level, and, and maybe as a first impression, like when you first kind of like, okay, here I am in a sales role. How did your sales role feel in contrast to the ops roles that you'd had? Yeah, so the, the one thing that instantly became obvious was was how much different a day in the life of an ops person goes versus a day in the life of a salesperson goes. And in ops, the problems are always coming to you. Like you can set your clock to it, you can set your calendar to it. There's always going to be a, a time in the day in which the phone rings and there's a problem or an issue that you have to resolve or you have to fix, or you have to find a way to fix it for a customer, for a driver, for personnel, whatever. I mean, there's always something to be fixed and, and, and they usually seek you out. And in sales, that doesn't happen, right? You you have to seek out those problems. You have to find those niches. You have to find those cracks and crevices where there may be an issue or a need. And how can you expand yourself into that? How can you insert yourself into that to, to help hopefully be a, a value for the, uh, the customer you're seeking? So it's really uh, just a huge change in terms of, of reactivity versus proactivity. Exactly. It's interesting. I, I don't, you know, I don't usually talk about family issues on, on the show, but my wife is a, uh, she's a tax attorney and she, she has a small private practice and, and our work is very different because uh, she has a great reputation here in the local market and, mm-hmm. you know, she does some biz dev work, but a lot of times projects just come to her. And so when she's got a project, she's working. 
And when she doesn't, like she doesn't. And so, you know, she'll do some admin stuff or she'll, you know, like do whatever, you know, and, and my work is completely different because, you know, I proactively sell my own services and, you know, you show up every day and there might not be something that is due today or something that somebody is waiting on, but you've got to be the one that says, Hey, you know, what can I do right now to start something? Or what can I do right now to keep something moving? So it is a very different frame of mind. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a different cadence. It's a different beat. And that was one of the, the biggest hurdles because your day can get away from you very instantly. And if your day gets away from you, then your week's all messed up. And if your week's all messed up, your quarter can get messed up. And so it's just a different cadence and, and something that because maybe I had the operations background, I knew I had to structure my day a certain way and I, I, in order for me to be successful. Now, there are others who I, I, I talked to early on in my career that didn't have to have that because they had enough reps and enough uh, skins on the wall to be able to do their day a certain way. But for me, it just, I needed some, again, like I talked about before, find those small wins throughout the day. So that can build and lead me to build, continue to have those, uh, those good practices. What, what were some of the big early challenges that, that maybe surprised you when, when you moved into a sales role? Yeah, so like talked about before, just the sales process and the sales cadence—it's it's a little different, and and so I had to get used to that. I had to get used to, or I, well, I had to find ways to put the lessons I I was learning as far as about the sales the sales process we were using, how to put that in practice, and, and and being comfortable enough to put it in practice. And and you know, there are many times where you know my nervousness of having to put it in practice almost got the best of me. You know, I never forget there was. Um, there was my first time presenting a, a multi-million dollar value proposition to a key decision maker. And, and I'd never been I'm a pretty even-keeled person, but I liken it to the first time, I, well, the, the only time I asked my wife, my, my parents, my, my, my in-laws for my wife's hand in marriage. And I was so nervous, I could probably throw up. I was so <laughs> wired because I, I want, you want to get it right. You want, you know, you only get that first impression one time. And so I was, I was so wound up that, and I practiced and rehearsed it over and over again. And then one person asks a question that you're, you're not, not part of your script and it could throw you off. And, and so that's one thing that I really had to get comfortable with is, is being uncomfortable, being in those uncomfortable situations, challenging the nervous energy into productive energy to help me really sell what, what I knew to be true and what I knew our value proposition was to a customer. You had to get comfortable being uncomfortable. Man, that sounds like it should be on a T-shirt. <laughs> Look, I will definitely copyright it. <laughs> uh, there you go, man. There you go. What kind of experiences from your time in sales operations do you think of as, as really critical tools for your sales effort now that those who maybe didn't have such a strong operations background might, might benefit from? I think the first thing is, is really understanding how your company or organization makes money. I think mm-hmm. the only way you find that out is by being in the details of the operation, understanding what moves the needle either way, right? And so having that foundation of how operations work and then correlating that to maybe if our solution that we're presenting or, or that the customer wants is feasible. Um, so having that, being able to put that piece of the puzzle together uh, was very beneficial for me because it wasn't throwing darts in, in the dark. It was, I know A equals B equals C, so this should work for you. And it may be a little different variation of it, but, but we've had wins in, in this category. We've had wins in this category. And we, and we know that we can correlate that to your business and into a, into a solution that makes sense. 
Okay, so just for sport, I'm going to ask the the bonehead question here. Like, why should I care? I'm a salesperson. I know what my comp plan is. I know how I get paid. Why do I care how the money or, or how the company makes money? Why, how does that impact me as a salesperson? Yeah, so it, it, it gives you the ability to, when you hear and see or come across opportunities, whether they're viable or not. And if they're viable, then they give you a better chance of getting it to the end where the, the deal is set up. The frustrating part that I found in sales is when maybe those things don't align and you've worked hard on an opportunity and because you didn't understand or haven't given enough thought from an operations perspective that they say no, or they're not always bought into the process. And so that could be another hurdle that maybe shouldn't or wouldn't be there if you had thought, thought through enough to how this can impact internal operations and whether it's feasible for, that, for your business to, to be successful. Right, you come up with this great proposal, the customer loves it and, and your boss says not a chance. And you can't go through with it, right? Yeah, because so, you're going to lose money. Right. And so, you know, you wasted your time, your efforts. You maybe soured a relationship with a potential client down the road. What does that all mean for your legacy, for your 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 business? You know, it, it, it has multiple impacts. Yep. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. Well, one of the things that I see a lot is, you know, you, you have you have a salesperson uh, who, who, you know, doesn't really need to, I mean, like you said, they benefit from some exposure to operations and, you know, how the company operates, but a lot of them just don't, you know, they'll Mm -hmm. they'll just go out and focus on their comp plan and focus on the value proposition. And, you know, they'll do pretty well with that, Mm -hmm. get successful, become a manager, manager, you know, probably a good salesperson, maybe a good sales coach, Mm -hmm. usually not very strong in operations, you Mm -hmm. know, and, and then, Mm -hmm. and then the good, the good ones are the managers, they wind up being the VP. So you, you wind up with this kind of, in, in many organizations, this lack of operations right. in, uh, you know, in, in sales management and sales leadership. What, what, what do you think is, is, is really the, what am I trying to say here? Well, you know, what's, what, what's the negative impact of that? Why is that a problem? Yeah, no, so I think the biggest glaring issue is that, or at least in my experience, so there has to be a, a direct line of how sales thinks and how operations thinks in order for it to be a really successful endeavor for any project. And so at least for me and, and how I evolved in thinking about bringing on operations into maybe a sales call or, or a sales pitch, I'm really proactive about it. And so I'm always selling internally to our, 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 our ops team. Hey, I'm thinking about this. I'm, I'm, I've talked to this person seems to be a fit. I'm not sure yet. I'm just kind of bringing you along. And so most times when it comes to a point of either a presentation or introduction meeting, being able to put people in place and quarterback from afar and let the experts, subject matter experts do their job can be really beneficial. So you're walking to an opportunity and if you have the right operations person involved, they know all the answers to the question. They know how to leverage our value proposition in the right way in terms that the person on the other end understands, right? So that can be huge. That can, that can, that can alleviate multiple things down the road that had we not, or had I not, had we not as a team thought about inserting somebody at a certain point could be beneficial. So especially in a, in an operations intensive environment, uh, the salesperson's job at, at some level becomes kind of like a, a project manor, manager or, or a quarterback as you no, describe it. Yeah, it's a quarterback. I mean, you're, you're, part of your job is to make sure the right people are in the right room at the right time and they're having the right conversations in the right context, right? 
the worst thing that can happen is you get people that aren't really supposed to be involved in it involved and they derail a whole opportunity because they've said something in a certain way that the person on the other end really doesn't understand or can't contextualize. Yeah. I mean, you could say the same thing for other groups, right? You know, if you don't get finance involved, you might have some problems on the financing side. And there's, you know, whoever it is that's important in your organization, if you bring them in late, that might be a problem. So why not bring them in early and make sure that your deal's set up for success before you actually try and, and lock it down? Yeah. And, and, and not only that, but, but to expand on that is to connect them to the right people externally. So mm-hmm, finance mm-hmm. with the tech department, that's huge, right? How, how are we going to exchange information? How are we exchange funds? What does that mean? Can your systems work with our systems? I mean, that's, that's a, a nuanced approach, at least for me in our, our complex sale, but it's one of the boxes that has to be checked off for us to be successful with the next step, and the next step, and the next step. So it's worked out. I mean, we've had some success in it and we're more aligned today than, than we ever have. And I do it purposefully to ensure that I give my deals, my opportunities, the best chance to be successful internally. Because if we can, if I can win over us internally, then the, ex, the, the hardest part is, the next hardest part is just winning over the customer externally. Yeah. And, and then once you do win over the customer externally and things get started, you have less things to be reactive to because less things blow up. And like we said at the beginning of the podcast, you've got more time to do that proactive stuff that's going to get more new business in the door, which sounds like exactly. a pretty good formula. Exactly. No, it's, it's, it's most of the people that, or the upside that I've aligned myself with and, and that we have relationships with, we've all gone through challenges and struggles together. And we, we, we have a great relationship, open relationship, which we'll talk about stuff. So if something doesn't look right to them, they're really open and saying, hey, this, this is something that, that's on our radar that could be detrimental to our success. So let's talk about it. Let's get the customer involved. Let's talk about things that probably we wouldn't talk about otherwise, but because we see an all, our line or a certain, certain wavelength, it works out. You know, one of the one of the lessons I learned later on in my sales career, I mean, I knew it, but somebody put a name on it. He told me this concept called the border. And mm-hmm. the border is this idea that if you answer objections before your proposal, they're just questions. Yeah. Once you put a proposal on the table, all of a sudden those same questions are, are very sharp and very pointed and, and it's a negotiation. Exactly. You know, so, so figure out what the questions are and mm-hmm. ask them before you put the stake in the ground. And it sounds like what you're saying is, that's not just about handling the customer. That's really about handling the whole deal. And for me, it, it really, you know, when I got into sales, we, we really had a certain way of, of presenting the information. And from an ops perspective, it really didn't make sense to me. And so uh, I, with permission of my manager, I really took a step back and was like, okay, for me, if I was in the buyer's, decision, in the buyer's place, the buyer's seat, I would want the, the information presented to me X, Y, Z. And that's just a... Tell me what you told me. Tell me how it aligns with what we're, we're talking about and what the value proposition is. And then get into the, the minutiae details of, hey, the pricing is that and the other. Because if, if I know that I need it before, I, before we get to the, the cost of it and we've aligned, you've answered all the questions I've had, you, you touched on every topic that was, that, was sub, that was enough for me to bring up, then the price is just the price. Now, that's just the cost of doing business and the cost of doing, is the solution worth that, that, that cost? And we weren't doing that before. And so I had to, you know, I took it upon myself to redo how we, how I present information just to make sure I gave myself the best possibility to to put myself in and empathize with my buyer and my decision maker to, to, to win the business. So this is really great advice. And I'm, I'm sitting here listening to you talk and I'm thinking, what if there's someone out there listening right now? And, and they're thinking to themselves, man, that, that AP, he, he's really got it all figured out. I would like to have a better 
connection between sales ops and sales in my organization, whether it's Mm -hmm. a salesperson or a sales leader or a CEO. How do you think in a company where that's not working as smoothly as it should, how do you get started getting from here to there? Yeah. So I think the first thing is being open that there is a problem, right? And recognizing that there maybe isn't alignment and not assuming that there should be or or there is. I think for us and for me, um, having that background and understanding the challenges that, that I had when a salesperson inserted themselves into the business and how they thought about the business from, from their perspective, as it being simple and just turn a key and things work as, you know, that, that, that's a real, that, that puts people off. Right. And so I think understanding how you, you know, going back to understanding how you make money, if you're in operations and you, and you really dive deep into how your organization is able to, to, to make margins and, and, and build business from the ground up, that gives you perspective. And so if, if salespeople are, on that journey with the ops team, and they're aligned with them from new projects to established products and really dive deep into the minutia of how those projects work. It really gives you another tool in the toolbox to use. So when something does pop up on your radar from, from a sales perspective, you say, oh, you know what? We do something like that. I don't know all the details of it. Let me reach out to A, B, and C. They're the subject matter experts. Hey, this sounds like something that we used to do or we do do. Does it make sense? And now you bridge the gap and you bridge the gap that, 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 you're engaging the subject matter experts. You're engaging your sales knowledge and sales process and saying, okay, this may work. Let's connect those two dots together. And then, and then it becomes more of an account management versus a sales versus an ops team. It's, it's a joint venture. You're both involved and in, in, in engaged in a process. And nine times out of 10, you are able to progress deals a little bit quicker because to your point earlier, the objections are not, not, not objections at that point. They're questions that are asked that are answered from subject matter experts. And, you know, whatever it may be, the subject matter experts take ownership of, hey, we've done this. I've done that. We've done this before. It makes sense to us. Best deals always seem to be the ones that are co-created. Look, co-created, co-piloted, you know, anytime you have more than one person invested internally in, in the success of an opportunity, it usually works out because we're all aligned and we're all, every goal is aligned to winning the business or, um, or selling the value and proposition in the right way. AP, this has been, this has been terrific advice. I, I think this is a really unique perspective that, that we don't hear talked about enough. And, and I really appreciate you sharing your thoughts with us. I want to close out with one more kind of general question, a little bit off the topic, because, you know, you've been in sales and sales ops for, for a decade and a half now. And, and I'm just wondering if, if, you know, if you could go back in time, what's, what's one thing that you wish you knew when, when you started your sales career? Uh, what, would be, what would that one thing be? Yeah, so I, I touched on it a lot. I think the, the most important thing that I, I wish I had known is, is how important internal um, network, networking would be and, and the value of that. And, and I knew it early on in my career, but I didn't really spend a lot of time on it, if that makes sense. And it wasn't crystallized until maybe six or seven years into my career, which, which the light went on. I'm like, well, this can be really valuable for a number of reasons, for advice, for guidance, for, for development, and for a really macro view of, of the world, right? And so having that perspective, you know, I couldn't look through my, my lens only and, and expect the world to be a certain way, expect business to be a certain way, because I had a network, an internal network that can give me perspective on how decisions were made, why they were made, how things worked, 
that weren't in my direct privy or direct direct sphere of influence, it really gave me a perspective that that's led me to have some success today. So this image of the, the, the sales role is about sprinting to the finish line. You know, it's very glamorous and very sexy, but there's another approach called, listen, I'm going to take my time and make sure that all, all, all the ducks are lined up and I'm still going to run hard and I'm going to run fast, but I'm going to make sure that when I get there, I don't have a mess to clean up behind me. Well, look, again, having a detailed process or having a detailed view of the process gives you the best chance to be successful. I think many times because we check boxes or semi-check boxes that, that aren't really thought through or thought out, they lead to, to hurdles at the end. And not saying that, that even if you do the process the right way or you're thinking about the buyer's decision cycle in the right way, that things won't happen, they do, but you, you're, you give yourself less chance of those things piling up at the end and, and clogging up, to your point, uh, the decision process going from, from decision to contract. That's good stuff, AP. This has been a great episode. Thank you for sharing your time and your insights with us. If people want to want to connect with you, reach out to you, learn more about you, learn more about Dupree Logistics, what, what's the best way to find you? Yeah, you can find me on LinkedIn at uh, A Parker IV, A-P-A-R-K-E-R-I-V. You can also go to our website at Dupre, D-U-P-R-E, logistics.com. Find out more about our company uh, and you can reach out. You can listen to our podcast, the Driver Force podcast on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast from. Cool. I will put all of that into the show notes. AP, thank you very much for sharing your time with us. This has been great. Thank you, Dave. You've been listening to the Driving B2B Sales Revenue Podcast with your host, me, David Massover. If you'd like to learn more about how I can help you and your sales organization accelerate growth, Or if you'd like to be a guest on the show, reach out to me at davidmassover.com or find me on LinkedIn. Please rate and subscribe to the podcast to be the first to know about new episodes. And thanks for listening. Now, let's go drive some B2B sales revenue.